There you go. That's it. It started. Alright, I gotta make sure I don't knock this thing away. It's gonna sound like I got a nice cocktail. <laughs> well, now everyone's gonna know that you don't have a nice cocktail. Or do I? Oh, there you, there you go. Yeah, maybe we're being. It could be vodka. There you go. Yeah, maybe we're just trying to be like conservative about the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I got a good one for you coming from uh, Chicago. I got Jeff from Divided Heaven sitting next to me in the uh, in the van. Uh, the bucket seat. <laughs> the van's actually called uh, uh, Ron or Von Burgundy. Von. Yeah, like Van Bur- like Ron Burgundy, Von Burgundy. Oh, Von Burgundy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because it's like burgundy colored. Yeah, so. that's that's nice. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a lot better than what we named the last band or what they named the last band or van. What was that? Rapey. Ooh, because I had no windows? <laughs> is that why? No, I have no idea why they called it that, but I was just like, that is not... Yeah, that's not very... Uh, that's not the name. I don't want to drive around and... Rapey. And rapey, yeah. yeah. I only have, like, a few goals in life, and one of them is, like, don't be creepy. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not Ever. really hard to be not no. creepy, but if you're driving around in a van that your bandmates are like, you have the keys to rapey? Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't want that. <laughs> Yeah. You do not want that. No. Our van is named uh, Encarnacion. Oh, but nice. We, but we didn't name it that. We bought it from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Oh, okay. And it's it was an old church van, so it has all these Bible verses printed on the outside of it in English and Spanish. So Encarnacion is Spanish for you know, something that has to do <laughs> with Jesus. Yeah. And since we have the word heaven in our band name, which already confuses everybody anyway, it's it's just... Perfect. But nobody knows we're a band, which is really nice. Unless oh. they see us physically loading our gear. Right. Um, so it's a nice it's a nice decoy. Uh, it kind of throws off the scent. And it even... It's helped, uh, you know, getting into Canada and getting into Mexico and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay, too. yeah. Just, people assume we're some kind of, like, Christian band and they... Assume we're up to less no good than if we were <laughs> just doing the Lord's work. Yeah, literally, they know we're, we're just a bunch of <laughs> secular heathen atheists. <laughs> just you know. Hey, all right. Yeah, you know, so nothing wrong with that. Hey, man. Nah, we gotta protect our. Uh, <laughs> we gotta protect our uh, our gear. Yeah, I mean, you guys. I mean, I, I we've all known bands that have been broken into. Yeah, this this year seems to be the year. Knock on wood. Because we're, you know, in a van right now. But this year seems to be the year where uh, a lot of people I know their vans are not getting broken into, but they're dying. Yeah. Like Get Married they're- just had a transmission issue. Uh, Western Settings had a transmission issue. Somebody else did. Uh, and I guess, I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully that rash is cleared up. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't keep going. Keep going on. Van breaking down is never fun, especially when you're on the road. I mean, just it keeps you stranded. You know what I mean? You don't know what to do. You got to spend money you don't have. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I've I've been lucky. I I don't think I've ever had a big serious breakdown where it was more than one day. Okay. Like I don't think I've ever had to cancel a show because of car stuff, which is pretty miraculous now that I think about it. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, but at the same time, it's been like, all right, well, you know, 
either the show goes on or you just swipe the credit card and get it done. <laughs> I'm always of the mentality of I'd rather pay it off later than now. Right. Know, so, but I understand if people don't have that no ability yeah. or no. I've, I've definitely line. had to have like canceled a tour once. Like I think we were like the first we did the first quarter of it, and we still had so much to go. And then yeah, the van went out. What band was, was this? It was Baseline Bums, but this was. I want to say probably 11 2011 and ironically enough I think we called that tour the bummed out tour and then sure enough by the end of it I was very bummed out bummed. was that the band you were playing when I met you in yeah Odessa Florida yeah yeah you guys were a good man that one uh, which yeah I think that was that one was alright or that show that we did was alright uh, that was a cool little like venue yeah it was I don't, do they still have that there I still talk to that guy Jack every yeah, once in a Jack. while, kind of around fest time. But I don't yeah. think that venue is there. Ah, okay. Because it was, uh, it's just, it was like on. Um, what was the best way to explain it? It's, it was right next to a convenience store, what looked like should be like shopping mall type stores. Yeah. And then the venue was like in this just room. Do you remember the guy who played last, dude? No, but the acoustic guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I. That was. Intense. So you do remember? I it. do remember him. I don't know who he was though. Oh, his name was John Gold. Yeah, I remember it, and it was, it was way. Uh, were you traveling with him? No, no. Okay, because I thought y'all were at one point. Oh, because I was solo at that show yeah. too. Yeah. Oh no, it was just coincidence, and he was a great performer. Um, but what he sang about really bothered me, and I, it, it was also. Um. Like I said, very talented musician. But w- when people are singing songs that are religious, because I'm not religious at all, I'm really naive to it and I don't pick up on it. Oh. But for whatever reason, that show was very memorable to me for, for two reasons. One, because he his songs like stuck with me where I would be like thinking about them the next few days and I'd be like oh, they were way religious. Not just a little bit, like way religious. And then it got me into my own head, and I was like, I wonder if people think my songs, and then I have I have the band the band name with heaven in it, and I, I just went down this rabbit hole of anxiety over, you know, people confusing me for being a Christian artist, which like still is like a something that keeps me up at night sometimes. But the second thing about that show that was memorable was uh, I thought your band was really good, but I thought you especially brought out a side of the band that was like you don't see that level of kind of showmanship yeah in that level of like you essentially with all due respect to the the other guys who i saw in austin earlier this year on tour we played with them uh his new band oh okay um with all due respect to them uh you completely outshined them and i was like man that guy is fucking good thanks man because you were on the drums and then you came out and you sang one of the songs yeah and I was like, "That's pretty sweet." Yeah, I think it's we did. Sweet. I think we were closing like the all shout. The sh- shout. Yeah, yeah. We we're closing the shows with shout. Uh, that was yeah, man. I didn't realize that that kid's songs were so uh, religious. Like I didn't, I, because I, I, I know I s- caught. I want to say most of the set. I didn't catch all of it though. So I don't. I remember when I I left, and 
probably arguing with the band, came back in, and then he had his whole setup that he put up there, right, with the with the lights and the flag, and I think he even threw it down a carpet or something, I don't know. Yeah. And I, then I was just like, oh, fuck, and everyone's sitting down and doing this thing, I was just like, whoa, this is fucking mellow. And the way he talked about stuff in between songs, it's like, it's one thing if, you know, your band or me with my band, if I say, like, uh... I don't know. We have a song called "The Daughters and the Sons," where I I say what the song is about. I wrote it about the women in my life that made me the good person that I feel that I am, mm. uh, and I owe that to the women in my life. So the least I could do is write a fucking song. I'm a songwriter, right? So I wrote the song, and it's our closer every night. And uh, we, you know. B- so I, I actively think about like what I want to say about certain songs that we have. Yeah. The way that... He, oh, now we're just talking shit about this dude and I dropped his name. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't even care anymore. Because uh, he was really nice and he was a great musician. Uh, but the way that he explained his songs about what they were about just came across like... It was it was weird, man. Weirdly professorial. And, yeah. And like, like really like know-it-all-y. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it really just turned me off. Mm. So... Anyway, enough about that fucking dude. All right, man. So, like, how's the how's the tour been going? You guys have been on the road for how long now? On uh, this run? Just about a month. We have uh, uh, six days left. That's it? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't realize it was already coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah, we've been out for a while. Right on. So, yeah, it's been out. We're playing G-Man's Tavern here in Chicago. And then tomorrow, you're you're going to follow us up to Milwaukee. Yeah. We love Milwaukee. Dude, that place is really cool. On um, they actually like do a like a punk rock Mondays like yeah there already. So it was kind of like fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used, there was used to be a place like that in Austin uh, called the Grand. I think it's still there. Uh, but Monday nights they would have shows like yeah. punk rock shows, and it was like the fucking spot to go to on a Monday night, man. Yeah, there was a place in Hollywood that had Monday night things for a while too. I think it's it's a night where people. The people who want to go out for a rip are going to go every week. So it makes sense to make it a, a, a weekly event where it's a, a night like that. We played something kind of like that, albeit a Tuesday night, in Detroit. But it was great. It was at the, at the Majestic. It's kind of a slow night for the big venue. Yeah. And we played in the small room, and it was fantastic. Right on. You know? Especially for a Tuesday night, you know? Yeah. Otherwise... We'd probably be dead in the water at some other, you know, Detroit oh, venue. Yeah. Well, it's fucking anywhere. It, when you find those places that do like their fucking whole grand thing on the, one of those off nights, because as anybody knows, it's in a band that's touring. That Sunday through Wednesday is just can be really fucking brutal. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are out pushing the new record. Well, it's still new to us. Damn it. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's fourteen months old. But, oh, wow! You know. But we did some stuff this year that I'm particularly proud of. Um, so Cold War came out on Wiretap Records and Paper and Plastic Records. Yeah, where'd you go on that one, man? Thanks. In uh, yeah. yeah, that makes us like label label buds, label bros. That came out in July of 2018. So we did a lot of touring last year around the record, and then um, we've. Be- I really love Anti-Flag and the way that they've very wisely expanded what a traditional album cycle means for a punk rock band by kind of spacing out different releases 
after the record. Mm. So if you think of the record as kind of a tentpole, and then before you get to the next big tentpole, which is the next big record, you have these kind of smaller tentpoles of of different things. So we put out the record last summer, and then last holiday season we did a charity single for the Los Angeles uh, LGBT uh, housing center in Hollywood. And then we did kind of a follow-up acoustic EP called Cold War Hangover that really had some great artwork and these beautiful silkscreen posters and stuff. We did that in May. So it's it, because we did those things where we put out these other subsequent releases of, of new music or new versions of, of our music, it kind of revitalized the Cold War record yeah. to us, so it okay. made sense to kind of do another big lap around the states and Canada, um, and uh, and yeah, so that's that's kind of been the year for us so far. Right on, right fucking on. Yeah, uh, it's really cool that you got to get uh, wiretap and paper and plastic to kind of help out and do the whole. I mean, I kind of bullied thing. them. I kind of bullied them a little bit. Oh yeah. No, I mean it was labels today are are uh, as you know it's like they can be fickle or there can be um they're not offering what they used to offer and and the deal that we did with Robert Wiretap was kind of like name only and it was kind of the same for paper and plastic but they could offer different things mm. like uh so I mean it's a little too inside baseball but essentially what, what we did was we Vinny and Rob and I we all kind of came together around the idea of Rob's a, a good label that is good at day to day stuff Vinny is a good label that's good at big picture stuff but mm. not so good at the day to day stuff Gotcha. which he will admit and then we're a hard working band and we like to tour a decent amount and so we thought with our powers combined, we could uh, <laughs> make a good splash, and I think we did. Like I, this record's been received, um, you know, better than the previous two. I think it had a bigger splash than the yeah. previous two, which is right important. On. So, yeah. Now, what we do next, I have no fucking yeah, idea. No. No <laughs> yeah. Man, I think it's always funny whenever you do interviews in the van. Cause then you can hear all, get all the <coughs> noise and all the random shit like oh, yeah. people over here like fucking bears bears yeah, I just I, I keep wondering if uh, CM Punk will just walk by oh yeah <laughs> he lives around here somewhere maybe. he's probably at that show at the Metro oh with the YouTuber the nah, YouTuber nah. What YouTube show is happening at the Metro? Do you know? It's some sort. I know. I heard it was like some sort of YouTube sensation. And I don't even know who the hell it is. Obviously, you know what my niece would know. She's really in. She YouTube's everything. Well, that's a. It's a generational uh, divide. I think. Um, oh yeah. You know, with younger people who. Like you know, I I, I always assume that people are getting music in the same ways that I'm getting music. So I subscribe to Spotify, mm -hmm. which I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. Mm -hmm. And then I buy records from bands that I really like or records that I really love or old records that I, I'm always kind of on the prowl looking for, yeah. you know, as I scour record stores across the continent. Um, I don't really buy CDs too much anymore, but if it's kind of the right thing and I'll do it, I don't buy tapes. But I've n I, I think that everybody is kind of like 
how I am when it comes to new music or old music. And I think the younger generation, everything is YouTube. Yeah. They're watching videos on YouTube. They're listening to music on YouTube. They're watching uh, tutorials on YouTube. They're yeah. watching other people play video games on YouTube. Yeah. Which to me is... Why would you not just play the Go play game the video game. Yeah. You don't have to go watch these people do it. Yeah. Yeah, my no, niece and nephew do that. It doesn't make yeah, any fucking yeah, sense to me. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll play the video game. You can watch me or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be too good at it because I don't even know what the hell the games are, are being played. Minecraft. Yeah, there's... there's and and this Fortnite. Whole, and have yeah. you ever played any of these games? Because no. I have not. No. No, I have not. And... I'm not ashamed of saying that. You know, I think like I think the last games that I was even playing would be like the Call of Duty or like Madden. Uh, that was like probably like I don't know. I want to say it's been like seriously, seriously sat down to play some video games. I don't know, man. It's had to have been like five years, probably. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I <laughs> I, I can't even pretend to be interested in that bullshit. Unless unless I was like hanging out like at my cousin's place and then he always has like Grand Theft Auto on, so I'm just like, alright, fuck, I'll just blow up shit. <laughs> Pass the controllers. Let me see what's going on. Let me see how much damage I can do yeah. twenty seconds before I die. A destructive uh therapy session. Yeah. Just ah, breaking everything, you know? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you, man? Me? Jesus dude, Christ, it's ah, been a crazy few years for you. It's been it was a crazy year. Yeah. For me, uh for sure. But man, I'm good, dude. Um just like more conscious of like how to treat my body now. Yeah. Half of everything. Uh Like do you know like at all like what happened? Yeah, I mean, I followed. Okay, yeah, yeah cuz we we reconnected in Milwaukee in 2017. Yeah, and, um, that, and uh, it was we played a it was a summer show, right? Yeah, like, it, was, it was we came through in the summer. Yeah, um, but yeah, then like we reconnected. But like I'm in a, I mean I'm a fan of Avenues. Obviously, I'm a fan of your music as well. So yeah, I've been following, and I've just been like, there's been moments where I've been like, all right, this is great. He's he's on the men, and then there have been moments where I've thought, oh shit. He's really hurting. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was it was bad, man. It was it was tough. I actually I remember that and I flew up and I think I was in Milwaukee for a month and I got sick as soon as I got off the plane and I was just like in like the worst pain ever. And I had again, I had no idea what was wrong with me. I thought maybe it was really, really bad gas or something. Right. It was it was an an intestinal infection. So I had no idea what was wrong, but it hurt so bad. Um and then I finally like came out of it, and I was like, "All right." And then yeah, we started hanging out. And then uh, yeah, it was just like a few months later. Uh, no, then I took a trip uh, overseas and came back. And then that's when it was just like, nope, like just floored me. And then I had to like constantly go to the hospital and get all these tests done and all this shit. And it's actually a very tough thing to fucking diagnose, which is uh, diverticulitis. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, because they thought it was like, it was just I didn't I didn't know what the hell it was, you know. Yeah. So it was man, it was tough, but it was cool. I have to say, it grounded me a lot. You know what I mean? Because I think even when we first met, I was definitely a much different person from when we first met in fourteen. I think, um, and now I'm just it's. I think back then I was a little bit more, um, I don't want to say greedy, but just kind of like, uh, you know, just not appreciative of everything. 
it was going my way. You know what I mean? Like with touring and all that stuff, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this. No, not a big deal. Yeah. Now to me, it's like any moment that I have of like really, really taking it all in. Oh, that's great. And and really appreciating it, you know. And that's also kind of why I wanted to do stuff like this, where I can actually like sit down and talk to the people that uh, really inspire me to you know kind of get their story out or get something out you know what i mean because yeah. i think these conversations are good you know what i mean it doesn't matter how they come out or what comes out it's just two people that can talk and actually cherish a, a small moment together yeah yeah you know? and keep it positive with the exception of all the shit that we talked about oh right yeah earlier. well you know there's there's an exception <laughs> i guess <laughs> well no i'm glad to hear i'm glad to hear that you're uh you're you're better, obviously. Um, but thanks, man. Uh, you know, for uh, keeping up with me and all that stuff. It's the least I, gotta, I could do. I, I feel bad say, I didn't do a better job. No, of doing no, it. Do, you, know? you know what? I I turned I turned like I closed the door on so many people. Like people that would hit me up. Like my phone would be constantly getting messages, and I just like too weak to even like. Like I'd look and be like, yeah. all right, cool. Fucking just pass back out or fucking lay there for a while, um, but I will say there was a, a handful of things that did happen that I was just like, man, that was cool. I got to actually do that because how many? Because it's really hard to do that in today's life when you really think about it. But I got to listen to like so many good records and so much music. I actually do Google Music. That's the one I. Uh, oh, cool. That's the one I do, and so I listen to like Queen's like entire discography from front to back and like read up like it gives you like a little backstory on the record too so like oh sweet I, and like you don't even really have like a whole lot of time on your hands to do something like that you know what I mean I checked out uh, all of Tom Petty's stuff and then Mercy Music came out with the record that I fucking love great you guys, record you guys came out with the record and then like so it was just like fuck dude like I get to like just sit here oh and do I don't have to do anything I could just sit here and listen to music, oh, and that's like man. that's all I did. I'm honored, man. I'm floored. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. It uh, was that was cool. That was something that uh, I don't think I'll probably ever have like the chance to do again. To just kind of like be able to sit. And... We all have the chance to do it. I mean, some people more than others because of schedules. And stuff. Okay, but like we don't make the time to do that anymore, which is so sad. Right? Because when you were a kid, like, do you remember like getting a CD and then coming home and listening to it, and you did nothing but just listen to that record? You know what I mean? That's now all I did. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like if you did that, it's more of like, okay, I I just downloaded this thing, but I got to go here, so I'll listen to some of it on the way here. Then I got to do something else. I got to run errands. I got to do. It's like you're becoming you're becoming this adult. So you have to do adult things, and you can't just like, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't... I get upset at myself for not actively listening to music as much as I should. Oh, okay. I passively listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah. If I'm working, I turn Spotify on my phone and, and I'll do it, or I'll do something while I'm driving or, or right. whatever. But like, Or if I'm at home, I'll put on a record, but then I'll be like putzing around on my fucking phone while I'm listening. And it just... Yeah, I don't. I don't get out of it what I need to get out of it, and I. I have to stop s- sometimes and remind myself that mm. there is a therapeutic quality to music, a, a very zen-like experience to music, and even if the music is uh, vicious and, and all over the place, you know, you you can find beauty and and zen and and mm. uh, 
tranquility in in any type of music if you allow yourself to be present in the moment while you're listening to it. And uh, that's a weird amulet. Yeah, siren. Slow. <laughs> Sounds like my stomach. But yeah, I never. I don't. Not never, but I I don't do that as much as I should anymore. See, that's why I like actually. I think like we were telling you like how I got big into records now, um, especially after the whole thing. Because now it's like when you put on a record, it's like you're actually, you know, you have this chance to actually kind of listen to something for a minute, you know. Uh, but I will admit I probably will, won't ever listen to both sides of a record if I'm like trying to listen to it because usually I have to do something else. Yeah. You know, like, do something around the apartment or right fucking this or that uh and then i just i know this is actually a really weird one i actually just started getting into reading good for you i i have a major thought about this i have never read like in my entire life in fact i was convinced that i even didn't even know how to read i just remembered words what have you been reading oh man um i uh the book that got me into it was um the alchemist Sure. Uh, fucking love that book, and actually, I was it was gifted to me while I was in Morocco, and so like that book like fucking hit home for me really hard. Uh, I did uh, Anthony Bourdain's book Kitchen Kitchen Confessions, I think is what it oh, is. The one about brunch and all that shit. I think so. Yeah. Kitchen Confidential. Kitchen Confidential. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then right now, I'm currently reading uh, Life by Keith Richards. Oh, I bet that's good, dude. It's fucking like I haven't even gotten. I've just started reading this, and like already in the first chapter, the fucking the stories that are already coming out of this guy. Yeah, it's fucking rad. Yeah, I'm typically a fan of of uh, autobiographies and biographies as well. That'll that'll pretty much be my go to. Um, I just because I, I I like people kind of being uninterrupted, and it's kind of similar to why uh, I enjoy podcasts now, mm. which. It turns out to be a deterrent for me listening to more music, but I just try to keep it with quality podcasts that that I enjoy. Um, podcasts that are kind of based around a gimmick a little bit, I, I tend to kind of shy away from. But uh, but that's great that you're reading. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've noticed, uh, and this is somewhat rude and judgmental of me, but my uncle who lives down the street here a few years ago told me that you know, uh, they were thinking about moving at the time and they were looking at all these new buildings and all these places that have all these, I mean, these new high rise apartments that are popping up in every major city across yeah. America. And they're all kind of different variations of the same modern looking thing. And, and some of them look cool. Some of them look a little whatever, mm-hmm. but he said, you know what? So few of them have any built in bookshelves. And when you look at, the models or the ones that they mock up for the internet to kind of see what it looks like with furniture mm-hmm. you nine out of ten times you don't see any of them that have bookshelves they all have a flat screen tv they all have a certain kind of therapist looking uncomfortable couch you know it's like the same <laughs> shit but now um you know my wife and i are in the process of buying a house and um while we were looking and just kind of paying attention to this and uh, for the, a lot of the work that I do in Los Angeles, I do handyman work and moving work, so I'm in and out of people's apartments all the time. And uh, I've noticed that most people my age or younger do not have bookshelves Books. in their house. 
they're moving into new buildings that don't have built-in bookshelves. You don't have to have built-in book. You can get, you know, we don't have built-in. We have shitty IKEA bookshelves. Right. But like, no, but my wife has littered our apartment with hundreds of uh, of books that that she's she's read. Some she's gotten. She'll never read. Some are sentimental. Um, but it's back to the record thing too. It's nice to kind of have those those real items around mm-hmm. to kind of ground you in that moment because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just get lost in. You know, fun stuff, but it's it's like it's shallow, like The Office or Instagram or whatever else is on, you know, Stranger Things or whatever. Like it's, we don't always need to be entertained. Sometimes we need to actually be like soothed. And books and books and music do that. Too. Yes, and, and I, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think for me, I know exactly what you mean, especially when it comes down to your phone, because especially when I'm trying to go to bed. And let's just say I have, like, the smallest thought go through my head. Then I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, and I pick up my phone and start going. And I'm trying to make this phone, like, entertain me somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very hard for me to shut that off, though, at night. It really is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I also just also do uh, carry a lot of shit at night from all the shit that I went through. Yeah. It's really fucking weird, man. But uh, it, it's fine. I'm fine with it. It's just something I have to go through. But um, It's trauma. Yeah. It's trauma, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, but, but, sti- but still, like, because I, I have all that, though, then I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't sleep. Hey, phone, fucking do something. Here, show me something. Yeah. Show me boobs. I don't know. You know yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, just, it's fucking something. But you're right, though. You always, like... Today, I feel like everyone always has to be entertained somehow. You know what I mean? But it's like short, you know. There's beauty in a boring book. <laughs> it has to be not totally boring that you're going to never pick it up if it's on your nightstand. Right. But it has to be boring enough that it'll put you to sleep on an airplane or put you to sleep and kind of like unplug your brain before you go to bed at mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I read a book recently that was great. It's by Timothy Snyder. It was. 21 lessons in combating fascism in America or something. I'm forgetting oh, okay, the title. Right, yeah, is- but it was just like almost this little like pocket handbook thing, almost this purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would read it, you know, it was 21 chapters and I would read a couple of those and just be fired up, you know, <laughs> you know, ready to take this fucking Trump guy down, man. And go. I'd be like, I gotta go to bed. And now I'm all like, <laughs> so it's you know I'd have to like balance it out. I got this history of World War One oh, book, okay. all right? Because you know it's we're in the time now uh, of where it's the centennial of it, and I it was kind of a blind spot in my uh, historical knowledge. I'm reading it, and it has all these unnecessary details about all of these battles and stuff, but puts me to sleep right away. Nice, you know? nice. Yeah, uh, the. I sh- actually, you know what? You're, I should probably do that. I should read that the Keith Richards book as I'm trying to like fall asleep. Because I usually read it like a little bit before I go to work. But I'm trying to be like, all right, you know what? If I should actually read that at night, though, I think that'll be better. Uh, the last book that I was actually doing that with was uh, Drama Punks. Uh, I can't remember the name, the dude's name, but my buddy Dylan, Dylan Disaster, gave me that book, yeah. and. It's just this dude going through all kinds of crazy shit, based, you know, then finding his Zen through meditation and Buddhism and oh, Dharma punks. Dharma punks. What did I say? Drama. 
Dharma punks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Noah Levine. There you go. Yeah. 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 I've read that too. Yeah. That's a good book. It is a good one. Um, Dorama. See, I don't know how to read. Yeah. Uh, he he got me tooed. Ah. Uh. Yeah. He started um, a couple different uh, Buddhist meditation centers in Los Angeles. And when I first moved to LA, I was. I was kind of aimless and groundless, and uh, mm-hmm. I needed something. And I discovered uh, TM Transcendental Meditation, and, and but their version of it was like a little punk rock, a little edgy, a little DIY, really cheap, and really friendly mm-hmm. and approachable. So for a novice like me, like it made sense to go there as opposed to you know Hollywood's full of these places where you pay five thousand dollars and like you know, whatever. <laughs> so. I went and it was great. I only went to a couple classes with Noah because those were always packed. Um, but I would go to the smaller ones and uh, I, I got a lot out of it. So I think you'll get a lot out of that book. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great book. Yeah, you love it. Yeah. Oh, and the book I got to get it right. It was on tyranny: twenty lessons from the twentieth century by Timothy Snyder. Ah. So it was twenty lessons, not twenty-one lessons. Ah, okay. But yeah, um, it's just highly it's recommended. Off. Highly it's recommended. Amped up, huh? And it, it's it's short, but it's uh, and it's um, it's especially applicable to what's happening right now with, you know. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Fuck, man, dude. I was, dude. I was so. Uh, just kind of like upset earlier this week um me and my pops we share like this amazon prime account actually i shouldn't even say we share it i want his amazon prime account yeah you know and then um i don't know i was looking through it trying to see like when this order was coming in and it was like oh you your or your new order will be here arriving shortly and then i looked at like what he was ordering because i was i guess i was being nosy yeah i look and it's like a fucking trump 2020 hat and like god damn it dad you fucker Dude. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy and all, I think, for the most part. Probably just sometimes. But. God damn. <laughs> a lot of people from our generation are having this reckoning moment with their parents. Yeah. You're not alone in I'm that. I'm sure I'm not. You know, um, it, it's. Are you a very political person inherently? No. Oh, okay. No, I am not. I. I gotta be honest, I'm not I'm not yeah. really a big political guy. So there might be I don't know. I am. So okay, well I, there you go. Good good good. I get fired Somebody, up about somebody's gotta fight. Either. Somebody's gotta fight. Yeah. So but I um I uh find this in a lot of ways I, I think a lot of our dads view Trump as like a referendum on like weird ways in which like they still like like they're still upset with their own mothers or they're like weird ways in which they hate their their wives or like I, I think a lot of ways there's a lot of w- women I think a lot of Trump fans who are men of who are like the gen in general, like the baby boomer age. Oh right. I think they raised a generation of women that are so fucking badass and just like take no shit, you know. Because like I think 
daughters like rebelled against kind of like the conservative fathers in America for this generation and uh so I, I don't know it this is like a, a theory that I have that like you know maybe your your father would fall into this or 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 my father like who doesn't like Trump but kind of like has traits of like what his supporters think and stuff I, I think a lot of the father the men of that baby boomer generation and kind of lingering into like the former hippie generation are like resentful towards who they married resentful towards who raised them and resentful that the women that they raised have, have now grown up to become more well-rounded culturally and more competent than them right. and like a trump vote is kind of like uh, a really safe way to have a referendum on all of that without actually having the having balls to, to pick a fight with f- any woman in their anything. life. You know what I mean? I, you know what? I I, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. I feel like it's a small stretch, but yeah, that kind of... I, I, I The notion of just doing that one little thing to kind of like bring uh, what you would think be balance again or something like that. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. All right. Balance or control. Or control. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I won't. Deep. I won't take your podcast down that route. I think about that stuff a lot because I'm. I just. I don't understand how. Uh, I understand the Republican philosophy, mm. while not being a Republican. I get that. I don't get the appeal of Donald Trump as a politician. <laughs> no, I get the does? appeal of him as an entertainer. It's not my f- style of entertainment, but I, I understand how it can be entertaining to people. But it, I, I, I guess I have trouble um, kind of breaking down the wall between politics and entertainment and kind of blending it. Like, yeah. And I think a, lo- a lot of other people, maybe that wall doesn't even exist. Um, so I, I think about this shit all the time. That's what I'm like looking at my phone too much about. Just I'm looking oh, at okay. shit. Yeah, yeah. A damn wall. Actually, it's funny you bring up the wall, like because I actually I grew up. My parents still live, and I grew up on a border town in Texas. Oh, what town? Del Rio. Oh, I've never been to Del Rio. No. Yeah, yeah. But that's so that's where I grew up at, and uh, I remember when I think it was Obama was in office, and they bought a ton of properties that were on the Rio Grande. You know, some owned for generations, you know, and they bought them all out, bought all the families out, and they built this huge fucking fence. It's huge, it's ginormous. Really? Yeah. And then they, I guess that's like now they want to replace it with the fucking the wall or whatever, right? And uh, yeah, it's it's one thing whenever you hear about all that shit, but when you actually like see it happen, when you fucking see the government just fucking be like, all right, well, we're just gonna pay you for it. Here, this is what you're gonna get. And that's it. And shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and get the fuck out. Oh, I was like, wow. whoa, dude, that was that was intense. Yeah, because there wow. used to be this uh uh like great little like family party spot that this family owned this ranch and you would rent out the their party area and it had like a pool and you know like, not a kitchen but a place you can set up stuff you know what I mean like you know for birthday parties or whatever yeah. and it was a great spot I mean like I, I don't know as a kid I must have gone there like you know two or three times a year because my friends were having birthday parties or something there you know and then yeah then they fucking bought them out weird yeah. what's still real like as a town now now man because <laughs> I saw you played there recently yeah uh, it's it's good um, in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? But you just see, like, 
store after store after store closed and closed and closed and there's an air force base out there which helps the economy a lot yeah. but still I, I I sometimes think like man if, what if that I think it was close to being closed down once during the Clinton administration but I was just thinking like man what if they closed that down what would happen to that town because it's not a mining place not like coal goes through there anymore. and it's not really like, near anything else no it's not you know what I mean it's like so but yeah Well, I hope to make it there anyway. Someday. Dude, I would love let's to try go, to get man. It though, Rio. Let's yeah. go. I think we should do something in uh, in Texas. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I will go out there and fucking McAllen, yeah. El Paso, yeah, El Rio. Yeah, those are all very, very far away from each other. Just yeah, so I know, you, I know. You said know. like the three points and like the, <laughs> like furthest distance to go. Oh, I know, I know. I'm well familiar, but I, I like driving through Texas. I like West Texas. Dude, I like South Texas. You know, that's it's dude. It's my state, man. I love it. Every time I'm in Texas, I feel like I'm home. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It's just my people yeah. and I fucking still love it so I live in Milwaukee but I can't do the heat anymore fair enough I can't that's yeah. why I live in Milwaukee now yeah Milwaukee's awesome too yeah yeah yeah. so you're doing this tour right now uh, going back to the tour going back to the music portion you're doing a, a full band tour right now but you've all, you tour solo how I met you you were playing solo yeah do you have a personal preference, or do do you see good and bad in both things? All of that. <laughs> you know, if I'm out solo, it's it really kind of depends on the opportunity, and obviously, you know, you can't you can't really pick and choose at the level in which we operate. If I'm out for a long solo tour, I reach a point where, eh, you know, I kind of wish I had the guys with me and we could rock out yeah um sometimes on these longer tours i reach a point where uh it'd be nice if i could do you know a three-day stretch of solo shows just to kind of work out ideas or try new things or whatever because you know when you're out with the band you kind of get gridlocked into the same system and and either one can feel formulaic yeah um i've tried really hard we've tried very hard in the past really three years to make the divided heaven entity and band and brand more of a full band entity Mm. onto itself because it's confusing for people it's okay if it's ambiguous like if somebody sees divided heaven on the flyer and they're like oh well i'll go and see what is going to be there maybe it's jeff solo maybe it's not we've been having the kind of like Demarket as what it is because I toured so long and so hard and hit so many places as a solo artist, which was a good thing that I did. But it's hard to break that mold, you know. Gotcha. You never get a second chance to make a first impression, and I made a first impression as a solo artist for pretty much every market we've ever done. And it's just now on kind of the second round of, you know, doing this this u.s touring for cold war that we're hitting new markets where they're not familiar with me as a solo artist so yeah i mean to answer your question the grass is always greener you know but it's nice being out with the band and having opportunities on a monday or tuesday night where it would otherwise be a day off where you know i'll play a solo show like i just we played in new york on saturday last saturday and then on monday night i played a private event 
yeah solo I and it was cool that, yeah yeah it was great and so being able to do that is a nice uh, dynamic for me let me, me. ask you this though so because i would like to probably if i ever got to get a full band behind me i would like to do that also but the idea of like being able to do an acoustic show while on the same tour it seems like something that would be really fun to do like but what do the other guys feel though like they're just kind of like oh okay yeah go for it do it no my guys are cool you know we've done things where we've also just really really stripped down our set um, where we just have two acoustic guitars and Nick just does a little tambourine thing hey. uh, for this event last week it didn't really make sense to do that so I was just playing solo but generally I like to surround myself with people on tour who don't go on tour to party they go on tour to work mm. so like me we collectively look at touring as an opportunity to work every day and if working that day means that all they're doing is setting up merch and trying to sell some merch while I play solo then that's what it means right but on. if that's one or two days out of 30 then it's okay gotcha you know, if it's 15 days out of 30 then I think they, yeah, they'd go stir crazy yeah I think that would yeah. probably be like man I want to be here to watch you play. I'll play too. But yeah, and, and like, you know, it's kind of inside baseball here, but like, you know, when it comes to like, then then it doesn't feel like you're on tour with a band. Then it feels like you're on tour with hired guns, which oh, I've right. done, but then it's like a whole pay thing. And it's, that's, that's not what I want. When I go on tour with a full band, it's a band. So I've worked hard to build the Divided Heaven brand around me and the two other people that I'm playing music with mm -hmm. at that time, whether it's the promo pictures or, or whatever I try to include who's in the band at that moment so that they feel they have some equity into yeah there you go what Divided Heaven is doing mm -hmm. yeah it's a good way of doing it but it's hard you know <laughs> yeah we can't all be Frank Turner and just kind of pick and choose <laughs> you know but when it you know what I'll do credit to him like I'm sure he, he pays his guys when they have a day off but I can't afford to do that. No. So. Well, not not yet. Not yet. That's not, not yet. yet. Yeah. Not yet. I believe in it. Thanks. You're my you're my first true believer. Then. Ah, uh, yeah, man. It. You got me. Yeah, let's you go. got me for sure. Well, dude, um, you excited to play the show tonight or what? I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I like I like playing drums. I like watching you play drums. You know what? Actually, when you first. So when we first met and we saw me play, I actually we had a drummer for that tour, and he couldn't make the tour. So then I went and played drums, and I was so upset. I was so mad that I had to play drums. Oh, that's funny. And I hated it. And I grew this really large, like, hatred for playing drums for like a couple of years. Really? I hated it. I hated doing it. I hated setting it up. Well, what makes you love it about doing it with avenues? Uh, well, there's a that's that's a big one. That's a big question or a big answer. I guess I should say. But what I should say first though is that uh, I don't think what makes me love it playing with avenues is what makes a difference. It's that the fact that I kind of lost it all at one time. Yeah. Like in like 2018, I I had to learn how to walk again. You know what I mean? So it's that whole appreciation of life a thing that kind of came around that made me really like it. But there is a thing with playing with avenues, though, that it's like 
where when I was playing with any other band and if I was the drummer, it always felt like I had to do more than just play drums. With this band, it's like I can actually just be a drummer and like relish the idea of like, you know, trying to get as smelly and sweaty as I possibly can and Fuck just yeah. rip up the drums, you know? That's like a great no, feeling. There's nothing yeah. else I have to worry about. I don't have to uh, get off stage super quickly to go sell merchandise. I don't have to, you know, That's bounce great. around to do anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about anyone. Because in this band, same thing. Everyone, like, when we have a show, it's like, it's go time. Yeah. You know? There is no, like, I have to make sure that this person doesn't get this drunk or this person runs off to try to go get laid or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... We're there to have a good time. We're there to do what we're here to do. And, and I, for me, it's play drums. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great, man. But no, but yeah, man. New appreciation for everything. So even coffee. I drink coffee with new appreciation. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude. Thank you so much, man, for, for doing this. Um, Thank you. Good luck the rest of the way getting home. Thank you very much. And, uh, and yeah, man, keep putting out music because I'll just keep listening to it. Likewise. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, let's go play some music. Let's go.